All right, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Connection podcast, basketball extravaganza. Oh boy, we got some news for you folks. Or we're trying to follow the news with myself, Jeremy Moss with Eli Betker. You ready for this? It's been a big day. As far as news days goes, man, crazy. Do you have your Powerade next to you or your electrolyte drink of choice to make it through this? I have that um, those Gatorade bottles with filled up all the way with water, but those things that make so much noise that I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> No worries. We got, okay, we got some big news. Okay, so here's our topics for tonight. We're not going to do any funny business. We're getting right into it. So New Mexico has a new coach? Maybe. (laughs) A strong maybe. Yeah, we're, okay, here's the deal. We're recording this um, April 10th. This is Monday night. It's about uh, 8 p.m. Pacific at the moment. The latest news we have on the Lobo search, we'll start with that. We'll go to Aztecs and Steve Fisher. And then my little project over the weekend of Grand Canyon to the Mountain West, which is apparently either the worst take ever or, hey, good idea. <laughs> Somewhere in between. <laughs> but here's what we got right here. So the most up-to-date news at the moment, it was made change. I'll keep Jeff Grammer's Twitter open here on our page just in case. If something could break during the show. But John Rothstein, um, CBS fame, now writes for FanRag Sports. Uh, the new coach for the Mexico Lobos, quote from him, is close to finalizing a deal with New Mexico State's Paul Ware. Crazy. So that's what we're that's where we're right now. So that's the expected hire at the moment. Like I said, we're using these words. We're not just joking around. Oh, right now at the moment, this could change because there was a time for. Reports from guys from New Mexico TV, Albuquerque. On Saturday, there is supposed to be, well, not supposed to be. These guys reporting press conference is happening. Coach to announce, announce on Saturday. Not not the case at all. Do you remember who that coach was? Was it Borrego? Was that the guy over the weekend who was expected to get the job? I, I want to say it was Dooley. I know that Van Tate reported it. I, I want to say it was Dooley. It might have been Borrego, though. But regardless, it's been news all over the place. So where we stand right now... New Mexico, um, they, okay, let's put it out here. From zero to UNLV 2016, where does this coaching search rank? In, in terms of, like, craziness or, yeah, or what else? Oh, man, it, it's wild. I think UNLV's was a bit more, can I say structured, I guess? It was just <laughs> odd how Beard agreed and then moved on. But uh, there were pretty much four, or, excuse me, three main candidates to take the New Mexico job and just throughout the day with conflicting reports from Rothstein and Goodman and Grammer and all those guys do a really good job. It was just crazy to keep along with all that stuff. And then all of a sudden uh, here comes Weir who really wasn't considered a front runner at any point the last week or so. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been extremely hectic for everyone involved. So it's also, I'm also ticked because um, Joe Dooley, I had a mil- okay, it could still happen. I, I'm hoping, cross my fingers. Million dollar idea for if Joe Dooley's to hire because you got Dunk City from Florida Gulf Coast started with Andy Enfield there. Dunk Albuquerque City, gold. That would have been the best thing ever. I would have bought that. Show. I would have bought five of them. We would have gotten some T-shirt sales. I would have gotten one. Yeah, that. So that's who I felt should have been the guy, no matter what. At the beginning, partly because. He kept the success of Florida Gulf Coast. He had two transitional years, but still made a postseason tournament. Whatever you think of the, what do you go, CBI and CIT, I think it was. P- 
pay to play. You're in a tournament. He went to the NCAAs the past two years. Salary was low. Spent a decade with Kansas with Bill Self and a former Lobo assistant. So, and it's like I said, salary was in the ballpark of what we need or what the Lobos needed. So he would have been my first coming. Okay, he doesn't get it. And here's the four guys. You have him, as you mentioned, four guys. We had um, the uh, San Antonio Spurs assistant coach, James Borrego, which was – he was courted. There was a, reportedly a deadline. The deadline passed. He came back into it. There was issues about him not passing or not having taken the recruiting test because here's the thing. when This Wednesday begins the next signing period and open recruiting season as well. And so, had he not taken the test, that's an issue, I guess. I don't know how big of an issue, but it's something. And I, okay, here's the thing with him: he almost got the Houston Rockets head coaching job and the Memphis Grizzlies head coaching job. We mentioned before: where would you rather be, NBA head coach or not? Sorry, New Mexico, but your no <laughs> no college job is the NBA unless you're what Kentucky, UNC, Kansas, or UCLA. Yeah, I think that's her. It's it's weird how. Uh, they had Brega working against the deadline. It makes sense, though, because with Wednesday coming up, you have to make your moves. But uh, it was in and out with Brego. I think the only, I, I guess you could call it a fit, was that he grew up in Albuquerque. But besides that, he really doesn't have many ties uh, with the Lobos. And that's not to say I don't think he would have been a good fit for New Mexico, but uh, it was definitely one of the more odd choices that there were in the entire New Mexico hunt. It, yeah, so he kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. And then we had, this name came up to me, um, who was the other coach this year we had? The East Tennessee State head coach. Steve Forbes kind of came out of nowhere just the other day. And they nearly, didn't they, um, they played Florida this year, right? The yes, <laughs> they played pretty well. And they almost won last year also, I believe. Uh, not sure, but he was considered. And then you had one of my other choices, UT Arlington, Scott Cross, where he, like we said, he nav- we discussed last time, we navigated ver- through multiple conferences. He was a player assistant head coach for a long time, doing pretty good things there. Should have gone the or had a very good chance to go to the uh, NCAAs, but their best player, I think, broke their broke their hand or finger, and they lost in the in the some tournament in some mm-hmm. semis. But he was eliminated. That's what we know for sure. At some point today, I guess. Julie, I don't know what happened. He just, you, you sent me that piece from an, the guy out there in uh, Naples, but I honestly don't know what to make. Like, it's just the weirdest thing ever. Like, Weir comes out of, like, you want to say left field, this is, like, not even in a stadium parking lot. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I think another thing that's, uh, very interesting about this entire process, and usually you wouldn't say what's necessarily wrong with the coach, but the reports have just been uh, such and such. Say Cross or Forbes are no longer interested, or or they're no longer considered. Um, and then we're thinking, <laughs> how many? Yeah, how many more names do we have? And then they said no more Dooley and uh, no more Borrego. Twice with Borrego, they tried to get. Yeah, him. yeah, exactly. Twice with Borrego. Uh, it's it's just a weird scenario, but. If I, I, I honestly can't tell you right now if Weir's going to be the guy when it's said and just because the last 24 hours have just been so hectic. So here's one thing, too, with a Weir, apparently from Jeff Grammer. On Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. Mountain Time, they contacted the, Lobe, or excuse me, the Aggies as a courtesy at 4 p.m. Friday. Probably courtesy? You could take what 
that tells me a couple things. Okay, okay, okay. Let me ask you this: You're out in Washington or University of Washington. Did um, the Huskies AD, out of current curiosity, discuss the Washington State coach to come over <laughs> as, nope. as a courtesy? No, nope. or no way. In state, Mark Few. He's in state. Why not? Gosh, no. Nah, I would, I would like that, but it's but it's weird. Point. Yeah, courtesy's odd. I don't I don't quite get that. I get it. They're the two. They're the only two D one schools in the program in the state. That just to me that seems like he tweeted this. Just this is also right now Tuesday Monday night. Excuse me, about eight o'clock Mountain Time when he tweeted that out. So that's the first I've heard of it. My my thinking when you when you see that, it's because other options you're not sure of. Yeah, that's that's how I see it too. I see it as okay. These other names that we who we thought were the front runners. They're crossed off the list. Um, Krebs calls up, uh, um, yeah, whoever it might have been from New Mexico State, just said, hey, do you have any interest? Does Weir have any sort of interest in taking this job in New Mexico or even wants to talk about it? And maybe Weir was open toward that the whole entire time and Krebs had no idea that that could have been a possibility. Um, But it, it just seems like a shot in the dark at this point. It, I'm looking through like his timeline because part of it too. If you look at Lobo Lair, they do a good job as well about some info about the Lobo program and everything. It seems like like athletics and university, possibly even government, has gotten in the way in this coaching search. I, I, I'm not sure what to make of it. It because it's just odd how you have all these candidates that are lined up. You have choice one, which, in my opinion, would have been Dooley. I thought he was the most qualified. And then two, you probably could have, I, you'd probably go Cross, I would assume, and then maybe Forbes and then Borrego. And then here comes Weir. So I, it's it's unlike any coaching hunt that I've seen, in, at least in recent memory, and it it still might not even be over. Yeah, it's we assume it's over because last night, like Sunday night. Dooley and Forbes were out because you and me like pre-wrote articles for Dooley and Cross and like mm-hmm. Embraer like okay we got this covered, freaking Paul Weir. Like, <laughs> yep. And again, like I'm looking at Grammar's Twitter right now. I'm going through other things. Like we don't need to go through the like the government type stuff, but all those type of things. But it's so far it's only Rothstein reporting this right as of right now. This could change because Grammar hasn't even retweeted it. But all right, the, way, the closest thing he's come to retweeting this is that. Carter Blackburn at CBS, he tweets, I'm no John Rothstein, but I think James McGill would be a good fit for the Mexico basketball. You know he'd win. And Grammar retweeted that. That's like the closest thing. So I don't know. And even Goodman, nobody said anything about this. I, we did an article, or I did myself, and I made it pretty clear. It's from Rothstein. And he, the quote from the article, like I mentioned, close to finalizing a deal. That's not mean, like, that means they're working on contract details, buyout, but that doesn't mean he's not the head coach at this time. Yeah, he's not in the pit right now. That's for sure. It, it's Excuse odd because me. like, Why what's that? Why spies? Yeah, that's the that's the podcast tradition. I I, I think it's kind of strange too how, uh, and this is nothing against grammar at all because he's fantastic at what he does. It's just kind of strange how he's been fairly hush, at least since this afternoon on it. And he said earlier that, what whatever you hear probably isn't final because I think someone wrote, I've seen 37 different names and all of them have been wrong. And I think grammar retweeted that. Uh, but it, it still doesn't seem final yet to me, even because 
like you said, just Rossing has said it. Goodman hasn't said anything. Who's been covering it throughout the day? Grammar obviously is always on top of things. So it's strange. And I know Grant. We'll get to more on Weir in a moment. We're not trying to bash on him. It's just the search is just so odd. And a couple of things like with I remember a tweet by Grammar, kind of in the same vein about thirty-seven coaches. He's had people where I think it was with the Van Tate thing about this last Saturday being a press conference that he's heard three different names from three different sources that he trusts, but could couldn't like verify beyond that. Like, or sources he wouldn't run with one person. Like, I guess you could, if one person, you know, is, unless it's AD, I'm guessing there's not, or that person's agent. It's really hard to go with one source. Cause you get look, can look silly if that's the case, but he even said, I got three different names and you could probably guess Brago, Julie and, and cross or something like that. And they're all wrong. <laughs> it's bizarre. I don't, I don't understand how you end up with, and three reputable sources ending up with different guys when it's usually just either no news or news of one coach. So it, it's crazy. Okay, we do have something now from – okay, here we go. Okay, oh okay, it's getting closer. It looks like it's going to be weird because this is from I, – I like tweet that because you can do your little column. And this is on the fly too, folks, so we're doing research and going as well. So if we're a little more off topic than normal or not coherent sometimes. Here's what it is from the um, – what's this website called here? The Sun Time Sun News. It looks like it's a curated one, but this is four hours ago. So this is a, hmm, interesting. From LC LC Sun News dot com. So Las Cruces Sun News four hours ago. Wait, a link has been posted to your Facebook. Hold on a second here. Sorry about this, folks. No, here we go. Okay. Blah 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 blah. Oh, never mind. This is in. T- oh, I apologize, folks. I. Saw something about it, but it's basically the um, Goodman tweet, basically, that he's in talks with New Mexico about being their next head coach. This is pretty much how it's been the last 12 hours, though. You have to check a source, then make sure you check another one, then check another one just to make sure that everything's true. I was reading through it, so I must have read – I must – okay, that happened. Sorry. um, Yeah, you and I'm talking to Ware about about head coaching vacancy and a little bit longer article here. for. Okay, it's from the Las Cruces Sun News. But there's nothing specific about it. Um, the closest thing, they got a quote from the AD saying, we would follow the same process that I followed for the past 10 plus years now. As AD here, we would try and replicate that as best we can if we are in that situation, so in terms of finding a new coach. Hmm. So nothing new there. I apologize. I thought I saw something new. I went with it. We're on the fly. So so as for where, so take, okay, let's, let's try to separate the deal from this coaching search just kind of being crazy to from like, Oh, it's this name, this name, this name to what do you think of where as a coach? Cause he's only been a head coach for one season. So I, I don't want to get off on the ne- negative jump because obviously there's only so much we know about this to begin with. Uh, he's young. He's only 37. Uh, so that's one thing to note. The, the first thing that comes to mind, you mentioned he's been an assistant at New Mexico state since 2007. So that's a decade with the Aggies, with the Aggies, he took over after after Menzies left. Um, had a really good season this year with New Mexico State. They dominated and had a little bit of a rough patch in March, but ended up losing, I think, to Baylor. They played really well in that first first round game. the The first thing that comes to mind with this signing is actually the last time New Mexico inked a contract with a coach, and that was the extension that they handed Craig Neal. And why I bring that up is because Neil had a very successful season his first year with the Lobos. I believe they won 27 and 28 games. 
the year after Alfred left. And that was a roster that was mostly, I would say most of the same parts were still left over from after Alfred left to UCLA. Did they have Tony Snell that year? Was he still on the team? uh, I don't believe so. I, I could be wrong. I, I, That's okay. I don't, don't believe so. Um, but is regardless, very talented team that won, I want to say, 27, 28 games. So they had a great year. And then Neil was handed this fairly sizable extension after just one season. And I think I remember at the time I wasn't – I obviously wasn't writing here, but I was a bit hesitant thinking, okay, this guy inherited a pretty darn good roster – and had a good season, but how much of this was he actually coaching? And then I bring that back to Weir because he embraced a pretty good roster himself. Obviously, they had, I want to, was it Pascal Siakam, I believe, who left early for the draft a year or two ago. Uh, so they lost him, but this is still a very talented team. And he did about what we would expect out of New Mexico State. So my point being is that I don't know how much you can base off of an inherited roster for just one year. I think Weir's a talented coach, and he'll get a chance to prove that wherever he goes. But it's it's there's there's some risk associated with this. I mean, just 13 years ago, he was coaching Don Bosco Catholic, so whatever that means to you. But uh, it's it'll be an interesting move. I, I I'm curious what your take is on it. It's very interesting because a couple of things here. Um, he's only been head coach for one year. He coached, obviously coaching with uh, Marvin Menzies. They've done pretty well in the WAC. And so they've gone, what, how many conference titles? They've won a couple conference titles. They've done very well. They, they've been into the tournament. They've been almost dominating that league. But I don't know, because this, I haven't, but I'll say didn't knowing where, what he is at the moment or what he has done. I don't know how good of a recruiter he is because usually at that program, at the Aggies, you're not getting amazing talent there. They had that giant of a guy. Was it seven eight or something like that? A yeah, years he was ago. good. He left early for the pros. Yeah, but it's I honestly okay. I don't say I watched enough New Mexico State basketball besides watching him a little bit. I know they played Baylor pretty well. They've been good in the WAC. Yeah, the WAC's not great. Grand Canyon's a good team. Cal State Bakersfield's a good team relative to their conference. Maybe Bakersfield went far in the NIT, which is good for them. But it's just. This points to me clearly, and it's part of the Mountain West because the timing of the league's down. This job at the moment is not a good job mm-hmm. because I remember Grammer mentioned that in an interview a week or two ago. We, we you and me both wrote different pieces about finances. A million bucks a year, you know. He'll, well, two things. Alfred was expected to get two million a year to stay with the school, but he went to UCLH. You can't blame him for that. Then there are about a million dollars that they're paying to Neil. And about he said about eighty, which is about what twenty five percent of college basketball coaches pay over a million dollars, and they have a deficit of. I see multiple numbers from four million to two million to a million and a half of athletics deficit, and so that tells me like they can't pay great, which not many of these jobs can sometimes, but it's not a good job. Look how many guys turned down. Like, did, did okay? Here is my question. I want to know answered. Like. I'm going back to Canada. It's not focused on a weird, but it tells me a couple things. He's, this isn't a great job anymore, which it, if they get the talent back, like if, if they get like, especially Elijah Brown to come back, 
this could be a team that could be pretty good. And everybody else that's expected to leave or is announced. But I guess something for the players are still waiting to know who it is because they need to know soon because signing period is Wednesday. Teams can sign players. Scholarship crunch could be in effect for a lot of schools. And how many players, unless you think you're very close to getting Elijah Brown, you're not holding roster spots for other players that aren't that good. And so one thing I want to know, why um, why did they not consider what happened? Why did you say no to? I can see okay, I can see saying no to Scott Cross, just because I it makes sense to me because of what he's done. I, I he's done good things, but he's also Southland. He's been the whack. He's in the Sun Belt. But Julius kept. I know Atlantic Sun is not better, but were they were they thinking they had Brago, and so they said thanks but no thanks to those guys, and were too embarrassed to go back? It's it's possible. I wouldn't rule it out. I know for the way it's going, I can't rule anything out because I think what the latest, what was it, Sunday night, if I pull my article here, the tweet I had up here, yeah, Goodman Moss Knight, second swing at Spurs assistant Brego comes up short. He is out, so is Julie, Forbes, and Cross for now. No, that was today. And so there was the thing last night or Sunday night where it said, oh, he's out, like running late Sunday night, pulled his name out. I, what? I don't understand. I don't. I don't what's the allure? Like, who would you rather have, Paul Weir or Joe Dooley? I'd, I'd rather have Dooley, and I assume you'd agree with that too. Yeah, I think any, we're both pretty high on Dooley. Any of the coaches, even Forbes, who I'd look into, East Tennessee State. It's kind of a weird situation being on the East Coast, but from where he's at, or not? Well, not really East Coast, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's that part of the country, not near the the Lobo country and New Mexico, Mountain West, Pacific Time Zone, all that stuff. But it. Something is amiss here. I don't get sticking in state just because. It's not like there's all this talent in Mexico to keep around, right. like for recruiting. I I know we're talking in circles, but it's like I just want to know why. Why would you? I just don't get where over these other guys. Like I can see where over Frost or Cross maybe, and Forbes for sure. But over Dooley, I I don't see why he's a better choice than Dooley. I'm curious if. Maybe this is a dumb question. It might be, but I'm curious if New Mexico reached out to all four of these guys, or if at least one of these coaches tried to speak with Krebs initially, and maybe that interrupted the process to an extent. I don't know. I just know Julie met with. Um, he technically interviewed in Final Four weekend. First guy to interview. Yeah, he was the first one, mm-hmm. and and he was the the main guy for quite some time too. We didn't hear any other names of being interviewed for at least a handful of days. Maybe he is a crappy interview. I don't know. Maybe it's possible. It's possible people he's got promoted from within to keep continuity there in Florida. But I just want to know why, why no Dooley for sure. And where did Weir come from? Just because you could have him. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I, maybe it was that uh, plan, plan D or plan E. Plan F. Um, I don't know. <laughs> maybe right, so. Yeah, but, uh, we, we've been harsh on coaches like me and Matt on the football show. We, we have lambasted Fresno for going all in on Tedford. Mm-hmm. And there's not much more to say in the coaching church, but I don't know why, what happened to Dooley and how did Weir come out of nowhere besides the courtesy and going back to the courtesy, it's gotta be because you're up, you saw something going awry that you needed another candidate. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that, that's probably what the scenario was. And obviously we're not right enough. Weir at all. And I think, What's even more important, at least for the short-term future, is whether or not New Mexico can retain Brown and Longwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those two would both expect to be double-digit scorers next season if they would return. And 
upperclassmen. So I think I think that's huge. I don't know if Weir is considered the coach that these two guys were hoping for. It's probably not the trendiest pick, but I'm hoping for the sake of the conference that that's enough to bring Brown and Longwood back on campus. Yeah, we'll see. It's just we'll know probably know tomorrow because again, still at the moment, grammar has been silent on this. Um, okay, here's okay. Here's another one right here. Another. Um, Writer Jason Gross, same from the same Los, Las Cruces Suns News Report sports editor, tells me he has been offered the New Mexico position. Okay, so that's so just now he just has to sign the dotted line, huh? <laughs> so he's been offered. So it's, it's along the same lines as Grammar saying they're close to finalizing the deal. So if this happens, so let's kind of look forward a little bit, not to go too far, but if um, let, let me just ask you, Blunt. Is it, if they lose all four of those players, specifically Logwood and Brown, are they going to be in the same boat as UNLV this year, this past year? Mm, I don't think so. I because I think, I think UNLV is. I mean, they they've lost a number of guys to transfer, just these last few weeks too. I don't think New Mexico will be that bad. Uh, they have some young players that came in that didn't get a ton of playing time. I know Connor McDougal is a forward who's uh, pretty well known coming out of high school. Uh, Dane Kuyper's solid. Um, so maybe eh, maybe sixth or seventh in the conference. Obviously, there's so much else that has to shake out, but I don't think they'll be awful. I, they, they should be at least decent enough to keep things interesting. All right, so let's kind of move on a little bit. I'm just updating this article so I was quiet there for a moment or not saying anything because I'm adding that. So I guess if you want to give this guy a follow, J.P. Groves, on Twitter, give him a follow. Sports editor for Las Cruces Sun News. So give him a follow there. So you hear you typing to go find out who this guy is. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I turns out I'm already following him, so I guess we're good to go. Good for you. See, you know your stuff. You got the college <laughs> basketball guys right here. Right so, so says he's been offered, which is good. I guess there's more confirmation that he's going to get the job. Because here's the thing as well. Brego, he was he was officially offered. Is that correct? Yes. I, I believe he's the only one who's been been uh, offered. Besides now, Weir. That's through. that's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's so it looks like it's going to be Weir, which is weird, but whatever. So let's go. So we, do you want to go to the next topic, or do you have any, anything else to add to this? Because this is just weird, and info's coming crazy a little bit of trying to keep track of everything. Yeah, I mean, we're just trying to piece things together as we see it, and it's been difficult because so many people have been saying different things. Regardless, I think. Any of these four candidates, even though some of them might be out of the running at this point, I think they're all definitely decent coaches that have proven that they can win at least at the mid-major level. So I, New Mexico will be in a better position for in the long run than they were, I think, with Neil towards the end of his tenure with the Lobo. So that's got to be a positive sign for New Mexico fans. All right, let's do this real quick. We're take, uh, I'm actually going to make an official timeout here just because I just jam breaks in here. So everybody take a quick break, get a swing of your Gatorade, and we'll be back to talk about a legend stepping aside. All right, welcome back. We are hope you enjoyed whatever commercial we played there for a minute. <laughs> but we're going to talk about Steve Fisher, which you would think would lead the podcast as a – shoot, I should look this up. Is he officially in the Hall of Fame? I don't believe so, but soon, he will be. Soon I mean, to be he'll... Hall of Famer? Yes. <laughs> Coach, so that normally would lead a podcast because what our original plan was, okay, we'll talk about the New Mexico shenanigans and then we'll get into this. 
But then right before the show, hey, look what happens. They, Mexico has Paul Weir. <laughs> so Steve Fisher is officially stepping down as a San Diego State head coach. This has always been, a for the past three years, something that could have happened because he's 72 years old. And give the guy a break. Let him rest. That's, that's an old guy. Well, you know what I mean? He's up there in age. So was it so this couldn't have been a shock to you was it you know i actually think i said maybe it was back in january i thought this was going to be fisher's last year i had no intuition whatsoever uh just besides the fact that like you said this, i mean he's up in age he's done a lot i think san Diego state is it's, they're still at least one of the top three teams in the conference but it, it's not been the same the last year as it was the previous six seven eight seasons so i think maybe this was the right time for fisher to call it quits and that's how it goes but just like before we get ahead of ourselves that san Diego state's going to be fine regardless with or without fisher uh, but he did a ton for this program the last 17 18 years so it was impressive yeah because lobos were they were just awful they weren't just bad they were terrible zero NCAA tournaments before we got there they were just like it's kind of like their football team before Brady Hoke and Rocky Long. They were just uh, like bad would be a compliment for that team <laughs> or program. He brought them basically out of nothing to being some years the best team on the West Coast. Is that too he, far to say? Is that too much to say? I don't think so. I he embraced a team that was four and twenty-two, uh, only won an additional game in his first year, but he really did. I, a lot of people would agree that San Diego State was in the same tier as Gonzaga as far as those powerful West Coast mid-major teams that really made their mark and consistently reached the NCAA tournament and made some noise. So it's it's just Not crazy. Quite, but... Well, I I mean, like in terms of winning quality games, and I mean, they beat Kansas, which is incredible. Yeah. So maybe not March games, but uh, he had enough to get to the NCAA tournament, which is very impressive. Yeah, five tournaments in the past six years, six overall. Like, he won, like, 65% of his games. They had that ridiculous winning streak of 100-plus games. It's kind of an obscure stat. Up five minutes left at home or something like that, winning 100-plus straight games against in-state foes or at-home foes or something. Wasn't it something ridiculous? Yeah, like it was that, that five-minute stretch. I have one other thing that I found earlier today. It's It is... Uh, in 18 years at San Diego State, Fisher averaged 21 wins and recorded eight tournament appearances. And the 18 years before Fisher's tenure, they averaged just half as many wins per season, and they had just one tournament appearance in 18 years. So, uh, to, yeah, to say he turned around the program would be, a, I would say, a vast understatement. Like, here's what he did in three years. 99-2000, 5-23, winless in the Mountain West. Then they went fourteen and fourteen, which is a big nine nine win swing there. And then they went twenty one and two. They made a good run of the turn conference tournament. They got to the NCAA tournament. Had a few down years, but he started really making his mark in two thousand five, where that's where his streak of twenty consecutive or twenty wins per season began. Like he had what three two years of thirty plus wins. He went remember that year thirty four and three, two when seed they, yeah. They were two seed. That's when um. Uh, that's a gym year where they, they, they I remember he, they came to Provo as a top 10 matchup I think between Jimmer and Kawhi Leonard Whew. oh man well before Kawhi was Kawhi but still done in Provo 
Jimmer goes off for crazy. I think they they beat the Aztecs in that game, but that was an excellent game. Yeah. Yeah, he's been doing crazy. Like he's done great things, and they they should be fine. Like the coach. Okay, do we even mention who the coach is? The new <laughs> who's coming up? <laughs> if we know how to pronounce it yet. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Oh, let me give that name here. Yeah, it's Brian Dutcher. He was the coach in waiting as in 2011. He's gonna replace Fisher. Fisher. A lot of people, Aztec fans, were kind of telling us on Twitter a little bit because I I forgot he was coaching waiting, but he's big time recruiter. Helped get Kawhi Leonard to town, which I know he. It's weird he was a first round pick, but he's probably the best player in the NBA, top five minimum, mm-hmm. for all around because what he does defensively, he can hit the outside, he can drive the basket, all sorts of stuff like that, just going nuts on winning Finals MVP. But he's a big time recruiter. Like they should be fine. It's hard to say when a big night, big name coach retires. Next guy to come in to be fine. It's Aztecs did take a step back partly because their defense wasn't elite. That was their issue. Their offense was good, or excuse me, defense was good, not elite. Like it wasn't Ken Palm top ten like it has been. And when their offense is not improved, because their offense has always been an issue. Remember, I joked last year: can they hit forty five percent or something from the field? Yeah, right. <laughs> One of our shows. But you've seen places like look at University, even University of Utah, Rick Majerus. That's kind of where I'm at. He did amazing things, Final Four championship runs. Look at Andre Miller, Keith Van Horn, guys like Michael Doliak in the NBA. They still haven't gotten anywhere close to that same success, except for like maybe one or two years, Sweet 16 runs. They were basically close to Arizona out west, which is kind of like what you can compare those two to San Diego State and Utah. It's hard to keep that going. Arizona kept it going now with Sean Miller, their head coach. UCLA will always keep it going. You would think maybe occasional down year, but I'm not trying to say anything down, but it's hard to keep a good program going. What they need is they got to find some offense. That's that's all I'm saying. It's like, come on, find some yeah. offense. That's, that's the hope, and maybe Dutcher can turn this around a little bit. The thing that would make me hopeful as an Aztecs fan would be uh, knowing that Dutcher has been with, uh, he's he's been in the same coaching tree since 1989 as Steve Fisher. So these two are as familiar as any two people could be. He was there when he was with Michigan as an associate head coach and assistant head coach with the Aztecs during their uh, phenomenal run that they had. So I I don't think this this program is going to fall off. And as you mentioned, he's an excellent recruiter. And he has a ton of experience over the last few decades, so I think it'll still be stability and, and at least a solid Aztecs team in in the near future. Yeah, it, they they should be okay. Like it, I don't like it's hard to keep a program at the top with the different coach, but it's I think like I said, you're right. They should be okay, the, especially the way they've been recruiting, getting guys to NBA. Malik Pope announced today on Monday he's coming back. I'm assuming he already knew Fisher was leaving because of that. I wouldn't have made a difference mm-hmm. either way, I don't think. So assuming the players would have known that that's the case, that he's uh, that he's gone. But they, they should be okay. It's just, like I said, like, they're recruiting. They get a high guy from within who's been around for a couple of years. Recruiting should be fine. Just got to find another assistant to pick that up. But, like, what he's done at, like, San Diego State, like, he has multiple. He has six All-Americans. Or, no, excuse me. How many All-Americans did he have? No, he had, he had one with Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Is that the only one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and he had, like you said, six straight consecutive tournament appearances, eight overall, wins at Sweet 16. It's just unfortunate one year. They should have gone Sweet 16 losing to freaking Florida Gulf Coast. <laughs> yep, the non-Dooley version. <laughs> yeah, non-Dooley. Uh, and I remember, what I remember from that was, was it Xavier, Xavier Thames who has those, like, boot-like-looking te- Nikes or something? 
whatever he wore. Do you remember there's a camo version? Mm, I'm not. I not. I think not or Xavier, sure. Xavier Thames is that who it was? He used to be for Aztecs. He did. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember the. He had some shoes, camo though. type shoes with like boots or something essentially. <laughs> so like he he's gone. Like there's he had a great career. Like he had some issues at Michigan a little bit. Technically, the Fab Five never happened, but it really did happen. <laughs> he took over in the tournament, which was crazy, to go to the national title, winning the national title that 89 season. National title twice, 91-92, blah, 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 if I could speak. Elite Eight, like, he, he's a good coach in Aztecs. Not to be to smite or say that they're not, it's just, this will sound like an insult, but they were lucky to get Steve Fisher. Because, I, yeah, I, I, forget, I can see where you're going. Because wasn't there the reason he left Michigan? I know there's the um, what's it? Ed, was the Ed O'Neill thing with Chris Webber? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Ed Martin? I mean, Ed Martin thing. He, the entire season was banned ninety two, ninety three, and also ninety five, ninety six, ninety six, ninety seven. So he had a black mark for what happened to him for those years, and so he was out of coaching for a couple of years. And I don't remember. I don't think there was a show cause. Maybe there was because there's that two year gap. I should look it up, but they were to get him. And then him succeed. It's good for Aztecs, whoever the AD was, to get him into town to be the new head coach. And then he succeeded. And so, smart move by San Diego State, but they were kind of lucky to get him to come to town. To Plus, who doesn't want to live in San Diego? Come on. Yeah, the, I mean, the right pieces fell into place. And I think another good thing about... Well, not a good thing about Fisher leaving. That's obviously not a benefit by any means, but... Fisher turned around in the program to an extent where SDSU is now a national brand and people expect the Aztecs to be a forceful team. And obviously, it's very difficult to play in Viejas. And you see a lot of these top recruits out of the West Coast, especially guys that come through the Bay Area or maybe even over at Bishop Gorman in Vegas. So that, that sort of area, you see these four-star, five-star recruits that have interest in San Diego State. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. They have a good recruiting system set up there at San Diego State, and, and people know who this team is. It's not they're, – they're no joke. I mean, they can compete with Gonzaga as those top mid-majors from, from this side of the country, and uh, I, I think San Diego State is going to be fine. They will be. Okay, let's go back to Mexico to Mexico State because I found a blazing hot take. Oh, what's that? Former New Mexico State. This comes from KVIA. I need to put this on our site soon or something. KVIA, KVIA, this is a couple hours ago, or at least updated within the past half hour. Former New Mexico State regent Bob Gallagher had this to say about the possibility of where – everybody's still saying possibility. Nobody's saying it's a done deal. So this could – maybe he'll eat crow because this is some hot stuff. It's (laughs) kind of lengthy, so bear with me here. And there are some, I think, inaccuracies, which I may point out, but – Oh, crap. He starts off, if, in fact, a contract is agreed tonight, Monday night, or Tuesday for Paul Ware to be the next head coach at the University of New Mexico, the blame needs to be placed very loud and very swiftly on the head of the Mexico State Board of Regent and President Gary Carruthers. And Gary spelled, just so you're wondering, it's kind of odd, G-A-R-R-E-Y. <laughs> what? Is he like, did you ever watch Parks and Rec? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get Jerry, Gary, whatever names they give him for that guy. Different names. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never heard of it. the name Gary spelled that Jerry? way. That's weird. <laughs> and he goes on to say, 
they have shown a total lack of, of a total lack of support for not only Coach Weir, but athletics overall. Hey, dude, you're in the whack. Come on. And you're going to be football independent, I believe, pretty soon. And here's where it's kind of interesting. I don't know if it's true or not. And in a $600 million budget, I mean, it's not all athletics. For sure it's not, obviously. And then he goes on to say, to suggest that you could not find a quarter million dollars to be able to keep and retain a coach who has dedicated the last 10 years of his life to New Mexico State is a sad, sad scenario. A $600 million university budget, athletics has to pull their share. You can't just pull from whatever. At least you try not to. And the arrogance wanting to accept the fact and the role that athletics plays at university. The amazing comparison is UNM is paying a million dollar buyouts of Craig Neal and is prepared to pay seven hundred, eight hundred thousand a year for his new head coach. They don't I guess it's true. Mexico doesn't have a president right now. Apparently calls um, Paul Krebs a lame duck athletic director. I'm not sure. Do you know if that's the case or not? If he's on his way out? Mm, I, not that I know of. I don't know either. He says the governor's call. Here's the thing that politics we're talking about. The governor's calling the shots. I think that's who stepped in before for some reason. And the fact that we cannot come up with a measly quarter million dollars in an over $600 million budget is an obscure black eye, or excuse me, absolute black eye to the entire con- country. Country? Okay. And about the leadership <laughs> of New Mexico State. Oh my gosh. These are some hot takes, man. Yeah, that that is scorching. That, ouch, man. I don't know. <laughs> Wow, uh, there was there was one maybe, thing that you maybe, said. Wait, I think, maybe there's a reason he's yeah. former regent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good point. There was one thing that you said earlier on uh, that I thought was interesting. I can't remember what it is now. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry about that. that blew your thought. No, you're no, you're fine. Um, oh, gosh, the, I, that's a hot take right there. But the reality is, it it's a better job. It is. Um, more pay, and you're in the whack, and your football team is going to be independent and not getting that not as much money as before, because they're not going to be yeah. uh, they're not going to be a uh, part of the conference. Uh, they're they're getting kicked out of Sun Belt, not as much money, and so I I like his passion, of course, right? So is you want to keep so is applauded, college. yeah. <laughs> oh, let me. Oh, I got. Oh, here's what I want to say. I got a great thing on Twitter. There's two things I want to mention. Oh, I gotta find it earlier. Somebody I mentioned one Twitter. We're going back to yeah, we're going back to NMSU. NMSU. Sorry, Fisher. Sorry, Aztecs fans. This other topic is much more interesting to me at the moment. You will be a <laughs> Hall of Famer soon, but I apologize. This is just, stuff keeps coming out. So somebody puts on Twitter replies to us. So is this a weird hire? <laughs> oh yeah, I said that too. <laughs> I think you know what. Put, What's that? No, I just say it's funny. That's all. <laughs> I new uh, t-shirt idea: keep Albuquerque weird, and with the oh, with the weird, weird yes. spelling. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Then that, here's the other one. Oh, there's another title. Crap, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here it is. Um, shoot, 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 shoot. Where is it? Come on, I want to find it before we end the show here or get last topic. Something about kissing your sister or something. Um, dang. <laughs> Oh, where did it go? I gotta find it. Shoot, something about here's your headline title. If he's the um, if he's the head coach, dang it, oh, crap. Well, okay, whatever. We won't find it. But good point. The t-shirt. Also, I would like to point out that um, I called this back on March. About let's go back to Fisher real quick. We're bouncing around. So I put on on Twitter. Is this how Steve Fisher's career ends? March eighth. This guy. Um, yes, I'll CC him and out him out. Dom Wit C three three on Twitter. Dumbest thing I've heard today. Just a dying year. Fish will have them ready to play next year. 
The other guy replies back, Fisher's done. It's Dutcher's team now, next year. Dutcher's, whatever. Okay. This, <laughs> I know this is exciting. Look at Twitter, me commenting on these. The Dominic guy replies back to, to both of us. Must not be a real fan if you were... If you were, you would know that idea is still a couple years away. <laughs> and then some guy found it today. <laughs> but, hey, guess what? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I need oh, to man. get a hold of freezing cold takes and say, hey, look at this one. Oh, I was just going to suggest that, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little later, but uh, that's a good idea for the weird thing. Keep keep Albuquerque weird or something. It's, I like I it. Is that, a tra- is that a trademark phrase for Portland or whatever? I Well, I know it was in Portlandia. I, it, it might be. I think a lot of people say that, though. Whatever. We'll have to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things coming in about people not liking this hire. So, Okay, so one last topic I want to get to. Or actually, well, Chandler Hutchison, he should come back from Boise State, right? He put his name in the draft. He should return, correct? I would hope so, but I was saying this a year ago with James Webb, and that caught us all surprised, by surprise, and he didn't return. So uh, we'll see. He did average, what, 17 points per game, first-team All-Mountain Conference. So he doubled, he's tripled the scoring average, which is always a good thing to see as the guy. So one last topic. Normally this topic could lead to show as well in the offseason. Wichita State. You've, you've taken a few beatings on this topic. <laughs> I'm staying firm, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't see why not. I don't think it's a bad take at all. So here's the thing. Back in May of 2016, Wichita State had a cursory conversation or talks in the Mountain West. Hey, would you be interested in bringing us to your leagues? We want to get our basketball program to a higher level, which with Greg Marshall, they've won 30 games a couple of years, Final Four, undefeated regular season of late. Problem is they don't have football, and football is a big deal for the Mountain West, which is why Hawaii is a football-only member and will always be a football-only member. The Shockers were looking to bring back football, but they had it back in the 80s, I think, when they shut it down. They figured it'd be too expensive, like $6 million a year, and then like $40 million to start it up. That's a lot of money for a school. And one of the guys who's right for us, now does stuff for Las Vegas, Tyler Bischoff, says, like, terrible idea, it's not worth it. I'm like, I think it's worth it. Or, well, excuse me, Wichita State, he, he was on the extreme, and like football, with Wichita State, they need to bring football, it brings money. I am fully aware football brings the money, brings everything. But Wichita State, 12 teams in the conference, makes scheduling easier, right? Definitely. You got you have more games for NCAA ter- for call- or conference tournament and regular season to sell. You might get, I don't know, 10 grand more per school. You know what I mean? Like maybe your media rights deal goes up $100,000. Something, you know I mean, something where you paid school 10 grand more. Whatever, it's, it's not the point. And the sport, and I'll, I'll get to my point in a moment, but... They missed big because the American Conference, like, we joke and kind of laugh at Paul Resco saying, oh, you're not going to be the Power Six Conference, but they're out doing something. They're trying to get teams. Because like, there's also the rumor they might lose Connecticut to the Big East, who's not happy in the American for basketball. Maybe, hopefully, on their end, they think Wichita State could help appease that. Because they're going to step in and be the number one team next year. Top, what, are they going to be a top ten team for the Shockers? Yeah, almost everyone has them at least in the top seven. Top seven, and so they like Craig Thompson. Like I've people bashed him. I've I've praised him and said he's not doing that bad a job because he did the Mountain Network while it failed. It was innovative. It was different. It helped spurn like Big Ten Network, Pac-12 Network, SEC, Longhorn. It helped spurn all that. Say it's possible. 
They do some good stuff online. They broad their broadcast games online are pretty good. He another proactive one of the few proactive moves was when BYU left the conference. He they found out the code name I think is called the Project or something where BYU was going to join the WAC and have a scheduling agreement for like five or six football games a year. They found that out. Brought in Utah State. Brought in, brought in um, Nevada. Brought in Fresno. Brought in Hawaii. San Jose State. My only beef was not getting Boise State instead of TCU or both at the same time. But this, I don't. One, I, I forget who you may have saw this tweet today. I think it was Grammar that if there was a vote, it may not have passed because if the Mountain West were to add teams in, they'd want to add teams they could beat in basketball. Do you remember seeing that? I don't remember seeing it, but I I don't disagree with that. I think it was from Chris uh, Murray from the Reno Gazette saying if they're gonna add teams, they want to add teams they can win. It's like, what what the hell is that gonna do for you, right? Bringing in bringing in like okay, even if you bring in people say New Mexico State, they're a pretty good basketball team. They'd probably be middle of the pack right away, I'm assuming. But what? But seriously, what are they gonna bring to the conference right away? Yeah, it, it's tough because you also have to look at it at the standpoint. And that's why I've been. And if I'm the American, I'm happy that I have Wichita State because at the moment they're an awesome program. But you also have to consider that before Greg Marshall was the coach there, this was a pretty average at best Missouri Valley team. Uh, so I think just taking a risk on, on one team, like you said, uh, if you're adding a good team like New Mexico State or Wichita State or um, – I don't know who else you could add. So like some other decent West Coast team or, or Western team, it can help. But I think you also, I, I guess I'd pose that as a question. How much do you actually gain from a team, say, New Mexico State, that wins the conference tournament maybe three of every five years or every four years and maybe wins a tournament game every five years or so i don't know how much that would really help your conference as a whole and i don't think you make that much more additional revenue as a result of that my thing with this like i get points like basketball and all this stuff um doesn't bring money but with the mountain west like stick with the shockers here people want to watch good teams play i know like gonzaga they're the number one team in the country they went to the title game this year people hey bring them in it's hard to i think it'd be very hard to bring them in because You've already achieved number one seed. Wichita State's had, realistically, well, even when they're undefeated, weren't they a seven seed? Yeah, they were a one seed when they're undefeated, no, but Wichita State. They were one. They were. They were one seed. They were. Yeah, they they were, but I mean they've oh, been. Oh no, sorry, Kentucky. They played. I apologize. I think it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they've had some awful draws in the tournament, though. They they had no business being a ten seed this year. Yeah. So, but, but here's the thing: Gonzaga has achieved that twice. Been to the title game. They've had better success in their conference. And on some years, including this year, West Coast is better than Mountain West, especially getting BYU. That helps them as well. San Francisco is a little bit better this year in basketball. It's getting better a little bit. But there's no reason for them to leave. Even though some of their games were on streaming only or regional on root sports, they weren't always on national TV to watch the top team in the country, which is weird to say. Any Mountain West game would be, whether it's CBS Sports or, or ESPN Network. So... They could go get them. I, that'd be obviously like, the reason my article will get to about Grand Canyon. The reason I don't mention Gonzaga because I, I don't think it's realistic at all. What's their incentive to leave? Right. I, I don't see Gonzaga as a realistic possibility at all. M- like maybe way down the road, they join the Pac-12. But even mm-hmm. even then, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So I, 
I don't if you can just dominate the West Coast Conference and you're respected enough to get a favorable draw for the tournament, I don't see why you would you would mess with that. They have a really nice setup right now on the West Coast. And what's Utah State? Like you said, this past year they're way underseeded. Way oh, big time, yeah. And so they should be like a four seed at worst. I I would say so. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they wanted to move. So they go to the American, which better in basketball. You got UConn. You got those teams out there. Who else they got out there? Um, Cincinnati, American. Yeah, SMU, Tulsa. They've got some good programs there. And like, let's go back to tourney credits. Um, getting them in wouldn't help a lot, but just prestige. You're on TV. You'll see Wichita State more often. You'll see Wichita State. How great would it be to see if, if all things are churning out as they normally are? Shockers, Aztecs. Shockers, Lobo. Shockers, Rebels. Yeah, that, that would awesome be would that huge. Be? That'd be great. And one website I read a lot. They don't post very often. If you follow realignment at all, Frank the Tank is a very good website. He's in my RSS feed. And anytime he pops up there, I'm like, he hasn't written anything in 194 days. What is he writing about? <laughs> so he has good thoughts. And I he, he agree, I agree, me and him are on the same wavelength. Here's what he says from his article. For the AC, AAC's part, the proposed addition of Wichita State indicates that football can no longer be the only conference realignment consideration for leagues that are outside of the Power 5 world. The group of five leagues are earning less TV money with both football and basketball than the Big East is with basketball alone. As for the Big East, side note, Fox Sports won extremely overpaid when they first started out. $500 million deal, 12 years, $4.16 million per school. If they ever get the 12 teams, that deal could increase to $600 million for basketball. So Georgetown, Villanova are ranking in three times the amount as every Mountain West team outside of Boise State without football. Or FBS, I should say. And then... um. The, sorry, the biggest thing, which shows that strong basketball brand still has value. Okay, obviously Fox Sports won overpaid, but Big East has a national title last year. Their conference tournament is still valuable valuable with the name alone. And then here's where I agree with him as well. I added emphasis going on after mentioning that um, Big East deal. Even if TV money isn't taken into account, the group of five leagues are inherently going to be more reliant on revenue from NCAA tournament credits which, for those who don't know, anytime a team advances to the next round of wins, you get money. That's not going to equal college football playoff dollars. and But it's, it's like I mentioned, getting those credits helps you out overall. You can't tell me 100000 can't help Boise State's track team. Is it really that much to advance in tournament? It's there like, for a credit? Um, somewhere in there. I don't know the exact details, but it's, a couple, it's I think it's close to six figures total. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's okay, $20,000. Just saying, taking the volleyball team to Hawaii for a tournament, taking the women's basketball team across yeah, the country. Yeah, I mean, 20K is 20K. That's not bad. For for a non-tournament where NCAA, NCAA or NIT is not paying for it. And so that brings me back to the point of why not Grand Canyon University? When I brought this up, when you first saw this, or were they even anywhere on your radar to be an addition or move up or anything? Well, I mean, they've had... They've they've been trendy the last year or two because uh, this is a team that's coached by a pretty well known and former NBA player Dan Marley, uh, for profit university. That's interesting. Uh, they they I mean they they're Grand Canyon University, so that's already appealing as it is. But their home court's good. I I think they're an interesting. Uh, I guess you could say they're a, a realignment consideration because. This is a program that's quickly trending up. They they're not NCAA tournament eligible yet. Next year. Uh, yeah. I oh, is it next year? I wasn't sure if it was next year or the year after. Um, so they'll be in the mix. I mean, even with 
New Mexico State and Bakersfield and those teams doing well. Uh, I think, and, and I'm pretty sure you mes- mentioned this in your article, that Marley seems pretty dedicated to building up this Grand Canyon program. He's not here to have three successful years and then bolt to a Pac-12 school. So it's a, it's attractive in many different uh instances and i think you touched on that a lot in your piece yeah there's a there's an old piece from a couple years ago from sports on earth it's linked in an article so go check it out they had they packed their six thousand plus gym because basketball it's like think of what gonzaga does for basketball georgetown does for basketball villanova for basketball i know their football team is pretty good but look at those schools that are not just basketball crazy like north carolina kansas but that is their sport they will they have cushioned seats. It's yeah, it's only six, seven thousand seat gym. But Marley's like he coached for the Phoenix Suns a little bit. Thunder Dan is icon there in the Phoenix area for playing with the Suns. But here's a big thing: you're in freaking Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona State doesn't like you being in the backyard. And they did attempt to go nonprofit. But I guess that's once you open the floodgates for for profit, you can't go back or something because it's technically like University of Phoenix. If you pay the entry fee, you're probably getting in for a student however to be ncaa eligible or get the um, ncaa clearinghouse to be athletic eligible you still have to follow those rules so they're not it's not like you can get some ringer who drops out of high school or is it has to instead of going juco will go to grand canyon you you still have to be ncaa eligible like in grade wise so i get the pack tools upset with them but my point is they played well. They they got Louisville to come to their gym. Yeah, and, and Rick Pitino said that was the toughest environment he's ever participated in in his entire career, which I think is <laughs> extremely <laughs> remarkable. The places he's coached, so that's that's extremely it, impressive. It's a big deal. It's like what Gonzaga does for basketball. So they they put money in there, and I get like I understand the people's thing. Why bring Grand Canyon? I get the for profit argument. They're from the WAC. They're not going. It's like. To be honest, this is like bringing in New Mexico State, essentially. They're going to be middle of the pack. They're not going to be great, but they've been building and building and scheduling up to win the WAC tournament. To they, I believe they elected not to go to tournament this year just because they didn't, they didn't want to pay again or something because they went to the CIT or CBI because that's all they could do because NIT owned by the um, NCAA. You cannot go there because, say, you're not eligible. And my big thing, like, yeah, it's a big leap, but think of the upside. You get into a... a I know money's not a big deal with TV, but you get a media market in Phoenix. There's talent in Phoenix in Arizona for basketball. You get to 12 teams. There's no football. And here's the thing, too. Yes, they're a for-profit university. They'll have money to build a football program if they want to down the road. Mm-hmm. That I don't think I wrote that in my article, but that is a honest, realistic possibility to adding football because you're a for-profit. You have a different revenue stream. But... I just think, like, here's the thing, too. Like, Randy Bennett was asked this a couple years ago, the St. Mary's head coach. Here's what he said, quote, I know it wasn't a good fit two years ago or three years ago in 2014. He says they'd be a good fit for our league and a good media market right there for our league to be in. So I think it's only a matter of time, he said. They need to fight through those years when they're to be eligible. And so I think it's going to happen. And so Craig Thompson, like I kind of mentioned, like I've been on his back. He's missed a boat in Wichita State. And here's the thing. Like I mentioned, if the Mountain West coaches or 80s want to bring in a team they can beat, while Grand Canyon wouldn't be a punching bag or wouldn't be necessarily the best team in the conference, but they wouldn't be the worst. They'd be a team half. Like I said, they'd probably come in and be middle of the pack. But the upside is tremendous in my opinion. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. I would probably say that they're a team that could potentially at least compete for a conference tournament title within the next few years if they were to be in the Mountain West. But it the market in Phoenix, would you say that's probably the most intriguing aspect to Grand Canyon? Because I think playing in Phoenix it would be terrific. And at least right now, I would say that they're the second best team in the state of Arizona. And that's before they're even <laughs> tur- tournament eligible. So um, maybe there's some sort of, I wouldn't necessarily call it resentment, but I don't think Arizona State would want to mess around with a team like Grand Canyon, probably because they know that Grand Canyon can beat them, and they've had their way with San Diego State these last two years. So they so they can definitely win some big games. I would hope that Thompson takes a look at the Mountain West, but um, it's I, I think another thing you have to consider, would, would Thompson look at including these new teams only if another team leaves? I... I I would doubt we see a team from the Mountain West leave for another conference anytime soon, but he doesn't seem to be extremely active in terms of adding other schools to the conference. Do you think that's a possibility? Because uh, here's the thing. They've already basically said no to New Mexico State a couple years ago because Idaho and New Mexico State wanted to join to make it a 14-team league. But they like they said no, kind of a package deal. I get, I get where New Mexico State, they were terrible in football. They've gotten a little better. But that's the only team you're going to add. Any as for anybody leaving, where are they going to go? Like some Boise yeah. fans say, "Oh, we're going to the American when we get a chance," or San Diego State, or some CSU fans, we're getting a Big Twelve invite. I'm like, come on, that's not happening. Yeah, sounds going to happen. But like, I, I think it's cheap. It's you're. I don't. I think my biggest thing is the market's great. That'd be the largest market right away, I believe, number twelve in the country. That wouldn't really get a ton of um, football or money because football brings the money, like I said. But their commitment to basketball would be behind UNLV, San Diego State. I don't know. New Mexico is not going to pay as much for the head coach because they're losing money. But their commitment to basketball will be on par with those comp- with those teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. And so, take a chance. Why not? Like, what's okay? Tell me this. What would be the? I know the for profit scary. Some research needs to be done, but. For you, what would be like the downside of bringing them in? I think it's risky because they haven't done anything yet to prove that they'll be a, a consistent Division One program. I, I think that's the main concern for me. I think that if uh, you're, you're taking a risk on a team that might have a completely different outlook in the next few years, although it does seem like the program is fairly stable under Marley's lead, but uh, you never know. I mean, things can turn in an instant if the coaching position opens up and they seem desperate. So um, we'll see what happens in the next few years, but I hope it's a team that Thompson has on the radar because I definitely think that it'll be a relevant basketball team in the next two, three years or so. Do you think they need to get to 12 basketball schools? I I think, honestly, people make a, a bit too big of a deal out of getting to even numbers. I, I mean, Big Ten ran with 11 teams for... I don't know how long. I mean, that was at least a decade yeah, or two. What, Penn State, right? That's why. Yeah, they, they had a Penn State. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It's nice for scheduling, but I mean, it's not like you can. It, you have a difficult time just pumping out a new schedule. So I, I mean, it's nice to get to twelve, especially if that twelve teams a consistent program that you can add. But 
uh, I don't know if that would be one of the key factors for me. I just think getting a program that you know will be solid for the near and long term is is at the forefront of things I would want to consider. Yeah, there's that. Like, I'm not saying just add a team to add a team, but if they're not good, like, the reason I brought it up another team was because New Mexico, like I said, Wichita State was there for the for the taking. They again, I'll repeat this. They reached out to the Mountain West and they said no. <laughs> Yep. Fairly quickly, might I add you. And so that's where my frustration comes from is if you're not – okay, I, I I don't know why coaches are 80s. I get the point. Let's bring a team we can beat. But if you think – if you if you have any confidence in your program, you'll build up and want to compete with Wichita State in your league, right? You'd think so. I don't, that's weird when you say you, – not, not you specifically, but coaches say in general that you want to bring a team that you can beat because – if that's the case already, then will it even improve your conference? I mean, if you're bringing in a, a decent team, maybe even a little bit less than decent, will that really impact how good the Mountain West is that's 5, 10, 15 years like, from now? If yeah. You, if you bring in a team that's a 200 RPI and you crush them, what's that going to do for you? Nothing. That's like playing. It might even hurt you, actually. Because their RPI last year, okay, being the whack hurts them. Overall, it was a uh, 131 RPI. For Grand Canyon. Not that bad. Yeah, not bad. Oh, could part of it because they played here's who they played RPI a bit. Arizona, road games too, which matter. Arizona Duke, Louisville, three top ten games. New Mexico State only once, that's fifty nine RPI. Cal State Bakersfield seventy five. Penn State was a one oh one. So technically, basically two, three, four, five or sorry, they have more games as well, sorry. San Diego State, top hundred team. They played in the top hundred, they played uh shoot five Eight top hundred teams, still throwing Penn State for nine at one hundred one. That's not bad for a team from the WAC. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a nice schedule. And here, lose, that's a good schedule. Yeah, here it's even more interesting. They're, you would expect their um, non playing non conference games. I rattled off Arizona, Duke, um, Penn State, um, all um, like well, whoever they played. Those are teams you played in non conference. Their non conference RPI was worse than their conference RPI. It actually got better for including all games. <laughs> Their non-conference RPI with three top ten teams was two hundred one. Wow! And that being one thirty one overall. They probably played some clunkers then. Oh yeah, they they played seventeen two hundred and one plus teams. They played Southern Illinois, Edwardsville three thirty three, California Riverside three thirty. <laughs> they played. That's part of the challenge, though. I mean, if if you're a, a nine tough... team, real quick, nine teams or three hundred yeah. RPI nine. Oh man, yeah. So <laughs> that'll sink it really quick, <laughs> yeah. but. I, that's the struggle with mid majors and pretty much every single guy or gal that's covered college basketball has mentioned this. Once you become a decent name like San Diego State or Gonzaga, it's tough to schedule teams, and Wichita State's struggle with that too. Greg Marshall has mentioned that time and time again. I mean, once you're a mid major team that can knock off these powerhouses, it's tough to get the non conference games lined up. Just because you don't want, if say you're Rick Pitino, Mike Krzyzewski, Jim Beheim, uh, you don't want to go to a place like Grand Canyon or San Diego State and, and lose one of those games because that can significantly uh, change whether you're a one or two or three seed come March. So it's a challenge, but it's at least a, a positive sign that Grand Canyon is notching these games right now against Louisville and San Diego State. 
But if if they trend upward, I don't know if they'll keep getting these opportunities. That's just how college basketball is right now with mid majors. I don't know if that'll change anytime soon. I don't know. It's just there's not much more to really say about it. It's just I it, I'm like take a risk. Like they don't have to get to twelve, but if they're going to, <laughs> because here's my reason for basketball only. We're, we're all we're over an hour for basketball show, which is rare. So hopefully this is good info. And I have another nugget on the uh, New Mexico coaching search here in a minute. So. Don't turn off quite quite yet, folks. <laughs> but because I, I can tell when people quit the show, so stay till the end. You'll want to hear this, I promise. So getting because thirteen in football is much like you're correct. Basketball scheduling eight, nine, twelve, fourteen, fifteen, not a huge deal. Football thirteen is tough. The MAC had thirteen with UMass, and it makes things unwieldy. You don't play cross division gate teams very often, if ever, for like excuse me, like a decade or so. So, but if they're going to get to 12, like basketball, if you have the option, go for it. But that's why it's hard to, going through this, it's like, okay, if you're going to add UTEP, you got to add another team to get to 14 in football. That's my thing why a non, non-football school or bas- yeah, non-football should get in to make it 12. Because doing that for football is very difficult. So, like, if they're going to, some people say kick out Hawaii, they go independent. They probably could with their TV deal with Time Warner. But that's my reasoning looking at, there's so few schools if you're going basketball only. You got Grand Canyon. You have. Do you want anybody from the? Nobody from the Big West is leaving for sure. We know that hundred percent. Yeah, games. probably not. West Coast Conference. That's an option, but who are you going to take? BYU's not coming back. I don't even know. if – I hate to go down this hole, but I want. I don't think BYU or Mountain West to do it, or even BYU, but bring them back as hoops only or non-football. Let them play independent. They already play half the league anyways in football. I don't know if that could ever be an option. I don't see that happening. I no. mean, I'm trying to be creative. Like, you see my point here. You got UTEP, mm-hmm. 013. Tulsa, okay. Some people, some people say, go to UTSA, get Texas. Well, again, 13 football teams is hard to work with the scheduling. So you got to bring in Gonzaga, St. Mary's, BYU Basketball, Grand Canyon, Cal State Bakersfield, a team that has FCS football. Bring in, like, you know what I mean? Like, Utah Valley University. They don't bring much, but they don't football. Bring them in. Those types. Somebody from Big Sky, Northern Colorado. I'm just Those are the options you're looking at. The upside to Grand Canyon compared to sitting still, I think, outweighs anything they do. Are, 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 honestly, are, are schools or ADs afraid to lose the fraction of money they'd have to pay in basketball? They'd prorate it outside of football and basketball. I know it's only 1.1 million teams are getting. Boise gets more, but I don't know what the TV deal and the whack is for basketball, but I'm pretty sure I would I think schools... Because here's the thing, if you add them now, it's still two years away. So you still have time to, because the new contract's in a couple years anyways, they need to redo and I think it's 2019. Say they extend an invitation today to Grand Canyon this summer. I think July 1st is usually a cutoff date. They would join 2018, 2019. One year of the former or the current TV deal. Then they'd work on one for the year after. I don't know. I don't know what they're, what they're afraid of. I just, I just think the upside for an, an attainable school is them if they want to do it. I'm not saying... I'm not hear me. I'm not saying they have to do this, but honestly, this we'll wrap up here. I think this is the best option to add. I I think it's the best option. I think I don't think it has to be done. But Thompson's making a major mistake if he doesn't at least extend an invitation, uh, because like you said, it's it's an attractive market, and we have good potential with this team. You already have a, a decent standing. We'll see what they do in the next few years. Um, uh, I, there's a lot of things to like about Grand Canyon that you won't see in other basketball teams that make any sort of geographical sense. I think that's probably another thing that we didn't touch on 
at least the geography makes sense with this one. You get a team from Arizona, so that's not like you're digging all the way to Kansas, which wouldn't be the end of the world, but picking up Wichita State over there would... I mean, that's it, it costs money to travel, so it's that's at least part of the deal. But, yeah. I, I mean, we'll see. And I guess the biggest, they have, they have a couple of Midwest teams like Creighton's out there in Omaha. So you have some teams in the area. So let's wrap this up. One last thing here really quick on the New Mexico coaching search. Um, all signs are pointing to Paul Ware of, of NMSU to take over. So Jeff, we have uh, Jeff Grammer broke his silence. You ready for this? Did, did you, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. This is a reply tweet to whoever DJ Automatic is on Twitter. That is uh, sounds promising. Music snob apparently. Radio in San Antonio, San Francisco, and Albuquerque. Okay. Hashtag Dana Cortez show, whatever that is. Okay. Here, Jeff Grammer replies to him for some reason, saying it's close. I don't see a parent tweet or original tweet saying. Grammer then goes on to say, "Just talked to a source in Las Cruces, and the five hundred thousand buyout UNM would owe New Mexico State was an issue." Seems they're past that now. Hmm. Dun dun dun. <laughs> and so it happens. So by the time this is posted, I'm gonna to try to post as quickly as I can um, on Monday night. Hopefully it's not out of date, but hopefully this is uh, something you guys enjoy and listen to. So tomorrow morning, is Paul Ware gonna be announced the head coach by Jeff Grammer? Tuesday morning. Knowing what's happened, knowing what's happening the last eight hours. Uh, it'll probably be Steve Fisher over in New Mexico, and then <laughs> let's see, let's see what else could happen. We get Grand Canyon gets an invitation. Uh, Hutchinson goes pro. You know, I I have no idea. I would probably say Weir's the head coach. That uh, seems what all the signs are pointing to. Everyone else is saying. Um, so hopefully that works out for New Mexico because they deserve a good coach. It's just an odd uh, situation. So it is. What, it's crazy. It's just another day in the Mountain West. <laughs> I know, man. We want to talk about Steve Fisher, but we got the news right before we tip kicked off the show here. So thanks for listening. A lengthy 74-minute show here. Whew. Not football edition. So remind you again. So hope everybody listens to it. Hopefully it's in date. Or, yeah, in date. Is that the right word? In date? Fresh? Yeah, it works. Should I go fresh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, yeah, everybody, definitely thanks for listening to our show here. Our website, mwcconnection.com. Um, follow us on Twitter. Eli, you're going to have eventually at some point a preview for next year, probably in a week or two, once the draft guys declare to come or go. Yep. So that's it. Yeah, that's it for our show. So um, yeah, mwcconnection.com. Reviews, Stitcher, um, iTunes. We're on YouTube. This will be on YouTube as well at some point. You can listen to us there on YouTube if you like. Because apparently people listen to music and stuff on YouTube. I didn't really know that, but that's a thing, I guess. Maybe they're just like looking at the MWC Connection logo. It's yeah. a good logo. It's a sharp logo, yes. Yeah. So look at that. Stare at that while you listen. But no, <laughs> you just listen in the background. What else are you doing? So, uh, yeah, thanks for everybody for tuning in for our basketball show. And as always, we are biased against your team. <laughs>